any sport uh, competition or league out there that isn't embracing technology, isn't looking at how technology, um, whether it's fixed camera solutions, um, whether it's commentary hubs, uh, whether it's streaming services, any sport out there that doesn't have those things or isn't currently looking at those things amongst a whole raft of new technology will be left behind. Make no mistake, you will be left behind. You're listening to Sports Tech Feed, the global sports technology podcast. Hello and welcome to Sports Tech Feed. I'm your host, Thomas Loams. Great to have you join us again this week. On today's show, we have a discussion drawn from our recent European conference as part of the Sports Tech World Series. And this is all about remote and automated production. Uh, So something incredibly important in bringing basketball back post-COVID lockdown around the world. So today you'll hear from Jonas Curdy, Head of Marketing Communications Events for Swiss Basketball, Justin Nelson, General Manager for the National Basketball League New Zealand, Tim Kelly, CEO of Fivestream, and Andrew Collins, Chief Product Officer of Synergy Sports. Now you might hear some references to Atrium Sports through the discussion. That's actually Synergy Sports now, so Atrium Sports, Synergy Sports Technology and Keymotion. The latter two companies acquired by Atrium Sports in 2019 and now integrated into a single company, Synergy Sports. Synergy provides an integrated suite of technology which enables teams and leagues to capture, analyze, produce, distribute and commercialize their data and video content. They operate in 41 countries around the world with over 500 FIBA connected stadiums as part of their partnership with FIBA, the World Basketball Governing Body. In the US, Synergy Sports also serves every single NBA, G League, WNBA and NCAA Division I basketball team as well as over 270 NCAA Division I baseball teams, and it's now moving rapidly into other sports, so stay tuned on that one. Since 2019, Synergy Sports has aggregated a library of 64,000 basketball games around the world and over 13,000 baseball games in the US alone. If you'd like to hear a little bit more about the Synergy Sports and uh, before that Atrium Sports journey, uh, we did interview the co-founder, Umberto Rigetti, back at the end of last year, I believe it was, Um, one of our earliest episodes, so I'm going to include a link to that in the show notes, which you can find on sportstechfeed.com. Also, if you've enjoyed the content and you want to learn a little bit more, uh, continue to grow in the sports tech industry and and the podcast has just whet your appetite, then I'd recommend that you go to sportstechworldseries.com and find some information there on our Australia conference. That's coming up on the 20th of November. Of course, in 2020, that is virtual, usually held in Melbourne, Australia, my hometown, Um, but no one can get anywhere at the moment, including myself. So uh, that means that it's open to anyone around the world. So one of the kind of silver linings of COVID is that you can really connect with with the best of the best and it it doesn't involve getting on a plane. So I encourage you to jump on the website, find out some more information there. And you can see some of our early announced speakers, including Will Ahmed, founder of Whoop. Uh, so that promises to be a very interesting session. They just got valued over a billion dollars. So talking to him all about uh, the world of sports and fitness tech. But for now, let's dive into the world of automated production in basketball. And taking it away is Andrew Collins, Chief Product Officer of Synergy Sports. Hi all, and welcome to the Sports Tech World Series Virtual Conference. In this session, we're going to talk through lockdowns, fan engagement, and the role of sports tech in the return of global basketball. I'm wrapped to be here because I've got three of my friends and industry leaders. Um, we're here to discuss streaming, OTT, remote production, automated production, lockdown learnings, embracing change, 
engaging with fans that you can't physically see and the return of world basketball. And we're going to try and get through it in 30 minutes. Do you like my chances, Justin? Not a chance. Uh, not a chance. But without any uh, further ado, let's uh, say hi to the Head of Marketing, community, uh, Communication and Events for Swiss Basketball, Jonas Curdy. G'day. Hi. The founder and CEO of cloud-based remote production, distribution and OTT platform Fivestream, Mr. Tim Kelly. Hi, everyone. And the general manager, Paul League. You're just freezing me uh, for me there, AC, but I gather you're saying a very good evening to me. So hello to everybody, uh, wherever you may be watching around the world. I was saying hello. It's been a massive 24 hours um, for you, Justin. The, uh, the announcement that you're taking the sales, uh, sales Pizza Global. Congrats on that ESPN broadcast deal. Uh, how's your week been? It's been, it's been stressful. It's been hard. The, um, the lead up to the, uh, the, the announcement around um, ESPN picking up the, the New Zealand National League um, that ended up being a 22-hour day, um, and, and that's that's the sort of stuff that goes on behind the scenes that, that probably nobody knows um, or sees when, when you do these sorts of things in the world of sport. Um, but it's very surreal because, you know, when you think about the strength of New Zealand sport, um, it certainly emanates around rugby, but the fact is in one very um, swift move um, through an unprecedented time in our lives. Uh, basketball um, is now attracting uh, more viewers and more engagement worldwide um, than any sport in the history of New Zealand. It's, um, it's quite amazing to be a part of it and, and more importantly, to be leading it. Yeah, it's an, it's an incredible uh, story. And um, yeah, we're, we're, really, we're really wrapped um, for, for New Zealand basketball. We'll get, we'll get to the, the path um, that you've trod um, from the lockdown uh, to where you are today. But uh, Jonas, I really wanted to uh, start, start with you in terms of your pioneering uh, role um, uh, in the implementation of the FIBA Connected Stadium for the Swiss. And you've also had a lot to contend with this year. You've, you've sort of closed the season down uh, before the end, but you've found a way to keep a high level of engagement um, with your fans through those key motion sort of video assets. Uh, I've seen those deeper player insights and interviews that you've done, the training at home and, and sort of other initiatives. So uh, there's a lot of talk around, around remote production. And I think you've gone a step down the road um, thinking about uh, production automation. Um, I just wanted you to run us through your thinking and your approach to technology and also fan engagement now during this, uh, during this lockdown. Thank you for, for, for this introduction. Uh, I think we are really proud to be part of the Atrium uh, Sports and FIBA Connected Stadium. Uh, it helped us a lot uh, because we are uh, a semi-professional league here in Switzerland and uh, there is a lot of pressure on the club and the resources. And I think being able to, uh, to implement automated production give them a lot of space and a lot of uh, free resources to help them to engage more with the fans or with activities of the clubs. So this, is, was, this was one of the first steps important for us. And then uh, having 
a lot of services around uh, for the coaches, for uh, for the referees, for um, and also bringing TV graphics to the fans. So, so a really good, good quality uh, yeah. production is for us a, a, yes. a massive uh, improvement. And uh, it helped us really a lot during this uh, this quarantine because, um, as as you said, we, we stopped pretty early the, the championships. It was in mid-March and the, the whole season was cancelled. And it was a challenge for us to say, okay, what will we do from March to next October to let the fan connected and still uh, uh, attracted to basketball? So we have to, to find new ways to communicate and um, social media were definitely the, the right platform for us. And uh, we try to manage a lot of different kind of communication uh, campaign. And the goal was really to focus on fans engagement and really putting the clubs, the sports uh, players, the clubs uh, as the ambassadors of our communication and putting them in the spotlights to, to because they are <laughs> your uh, actors. So people are interested in them, not for not definitely in the league or, or the highlights of the game day, but they are interested in the, in the player profile, the stories, what they are doing everyday life, how they are living quarantine and, and stuff like that. And we try to, to push some, um, some ideas, bringing the, 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 the best, for example, talents of Switzerland playing inside and abroad uh, and uh, on a communication campaign called the Swiss and Gifted, where we, we put, uh, because of Atrium Sports contract, good co video content in uh, in uh, highlights video, yes. and uh, we we it was amazing the the stats because we we smashed uh, with the first video of a young player, a 14 years old playing for Real Madrid. We had like 14k yes. views, and it was better than the the return of Clint Capella from NBA last last season with the national team. So, yeah, <laughs> a good example of that. He's a champion player too, Clint Capella. Um, Justin, you've you've mentioned uh, to me on more than one occasion, you know, the, the connection between the fans and the players and whether you're in stadia or out of stadia, you know, what drives your passion for the game, but also, you know, what you're doing now as GM as New Zealand. Um, just, just talk us through that, that, that philosophy that you have, that, that really strong fan connection. Philosophy. Well, I think it's the mantra that you take into this. I mean, the fact is that um, I live and breathe uh, that the fans are the most important people in the game. Um, you know, you, you need you need plays and you need teams and you need um, um, uh, uh, coverage, whether it be social media or, or, or mainstream media. But the fact is the fans are the most important people. Um, it's a form of entertainment that we deliver. I mean, this is a business and if you if you disregard or take your eye off the fans, number one, um, it leads to disengagement, but number two, you miss opportunities to further engage with them. So I've always held the mantra that the fans are number one. They're the most important people in, in, in the, the, the business that I work in. Um, and that leads to constantly trying to understand who they are, where they are and what they want. And I think that if you can answer those three things, um, you, you position yourself in a really good position to deliver a product um, that they want. Uh, when you take your eye off the ball, um, your fans find something else to do, you know, whether that's another sport or whether it's a, a trip down to the beach or um, time with family or going to the movies, whatever it may be. Um, if you take your eye off the ball, you give them an opportunity to go elsewhere. And, and given what the world is going through, and I'm in a very um, fortunate position, given the country that I'm currently living in, um, compared to many other areas around the world. Uh, but 
I have a great opportunity right now, not only to engage with the fans that I have here in this country, but fans right around the world. And that is um, giving us a very unique situation in, in our sport um, and in our um, current climate, it's giving us a very unique um, opportunity to grow the game and to grow the awareness of um, the, the New Zealand National Basketball League. Tim, I know, um, you know, you work sort of behind the scenes and you tie all these, these disparate pieces together to, to uh, give remote production, automated production and some of the other uh, dark arts that you... Uh, why is sport so important? You're freezing for me, but I'm happy to jump in and sort of talk about why I think sport is important. <laughs> how the technology can bring it all together. And I think it goes to, to what Jonas and Justin have just said. The way that um, you need to know who your fans are and what it is that they want and what they want to see. And for me, that's why do people watch sport in the first place? Like, what is it that they want to be seeing? And how do we give it to them? And for me, it's all about the connection that can happen. So if you're a fan, you're part of a journey with a team or with a specific athlete, and you want to know the behind the scenes stuff that's going on. You want to be part of the atmosphere in stadium, if you can, or be part of the, the atmosphere outside of a stadium, if that's possible. And the way that technology can really bring that connection between the fans and the audiences, as, as well as the leagues and the sports and the teams, I think, it's an exciting space and I feel like every time I, I look around online there's a new tool, there's a new toy, there's a new way of doing stuff and it, it can be hard I think just to piece the right pieces together to get the result that you want without just going after the newest and the shiniest thing that comes out. I think the biggest thing that, that sport has learned in recent years and more so in the last three months, probably, probably the last three months has condensed the knowledge and learnings of sport um, to what would take maybe even as many as 10 years uh, to understand. And, and that is that um, the, the people who sit on the seat in a stadium are no longer your bread and butter. And that's what we've learned with what's happened around the world. They're no longer the people that, that pay um, um, for the product to survive. We've had to learn and adapt really, really quickly uh, to keep our businesses going uh, by virtue of understanding how to connect and build and extract revenue opportunities that don't necessarily mean um, um, that you're connecting with a, a fan sitting on a seat in a stadium. I mean, that, that's the biggest change. There's no doubt whatsoever that um, technology is allowing us uh, to build and extract better and bigger revenue opportunities than what we've ever seen before in sport if you're doing it the right way, if you're ahead of the curve and you're listening and learning from other people. Absolutely. And I think it's always been the case that the majority of fans quite often aren't in the stadium. If you're looking at the English Premier League or something like that, there's millions of fans around the world who will tune into a game. You can only fit 50,000 into a stadium yep. most of times. So absolutely right. Your, your core audience and your core customers in many cases are connected by the technology. And I think what's happened through lockdown so is, is um, from that. Oh, I'm sorry. Hang on, say that again for me, uh, AC. I, I was just uh, going to ask Tim the question about, you know, sort of uh, piping in fan noise and 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 what is what is missing? Is there something missing in the atmosphere of the empty stadiums, or is it just a different experience? You know, uh, the difference between Twitch and uh, the MCG, uh, for instance. 
It's, it's definitely a different experience. Definitely, definitely different. Is it worse? Um, it's different. Um, I think it's about the atmosphere and fans want to be part of the atmosphere, be taken on that journey. If you look at like the online streaming, uh, like e-games, e-sports stuff that goes on, like Twitch, there's no fan noise quite often when a lot of the streamers are playing their games, but there's a million chat comments running down the side. There's a different sort of atmosphere that you can get online, I think, in many cases. Piping in um, fan noise to an empty stadium, I think that helps in many cases. We've seen it, seen it here in Australia with the AFL and NRL getting that going on. Certainly helps, but I think whatever happens, you want to be taking your fans on a journey and giving them something special, and it's what do they want and how will they respond to that. I think it's how you communicate with your fans as well. So if you're telling them what's happening and why you're doing it, um, it's very um, it's, it's very more engaging than saying nothing and letting them experience something that they may not like. So I'm a big lover of being able to hear the players. I've loved the aspect of sport with no fans because I love listening to what's going on, you know, in the in the cauldron of the action. Whereas some people don't want to listen to the players; they want to they want to hear the fans. So it's that it's that you know getting that mix right. But I think that if you communicate to your audience and you tell them what you're doing and why you're doing it um, and engage with them and listen to their, their feedback, um, you stand a better chance of um, uh, perfecting trial and error. And perfecting trial and error is very, very hard when it comes to uh, rolling out new technology. Definitely. And it's really like technology is great because you can find out exactly what your fans want. Like you mentioned the feedback that they give you. You can see that in the statistics and the numbers of viewers, what content goes viral, what goes hot and what doesn't. It's the really great insights there. Yeah. And uh, I think it's always trying new stuff and, uh, and it's in the comments or in the stats, you see directly if the impact is good or not. So you can adjust and you can change. And I think it's, it's a really a fun part to, uh, to always try to bring new thing, new stuff, innovative way of interacting or, uh, or trying to, to, to pick your fans to, to, to comment or to, uh, to, to give you a feedback. And I think it's the, the best way to create a community that is uh, following you uh, on, on different projects after that. Uh, I think it's, uh, it's really the key. Yeah, for sure. Tim, I want to stay on that. Uh, topic of what's next in terms of personalization or what what do you see that's coming over the horizon we share video um, what in a certain way what, what insights do you have on uh, what sort of missed, um, for the industry so I, I think like as we've been saying fans are telling telling us what they want they're letting us know we can see what's good and what's not and what resonates and what doesn't. I think there's going to be more and more choice for fans in the way that they are consuming content and whether that's personalised viewing experiences, if that's a fan saying, hey, I just want to look at a certain player on the court and nothing else. I just want to track this one player because that's what I'm interested in. I think that's going to be a big part of it, um, as well as the interactivity with the fans. So fans can will be able to can already in some cases sort of choose how they're consuming the content but also allowing fans to interact back with that content in some way and be part of that so rather than fans being spectators who watch watch something that happens 
fans can actually be engaged in that in some way, being part of that sporting journey. Justin, I know you love your um, poetry. Uh-huh. One of your favourite poets has a quote. Map out your future, but do it in pencil. Uh, John Bon Jovi. And um, I know you're a person that embraces change, um, but talk us through that roller coaster that you've been on uh, from lockdown uh, to showdown. Yeah, it's a really good question. I, I think the, the, um, the success of where we find ourselves today was the realisation really early that the world had changed. And I, and I think that when, when you use the word change, there's a lot of people who, who struggle to embrace it. Um, there's a lot of people who take time to get to it. But equally, there are some people who really run with it quickly. Um, and, and that's what I tried to do right at the start. Uh, you know, yes. we, we, I say we, as in New Zealand basketball um, and the NBL, we made decisions um, before the government made decisions in some instances. And I think people around the world will probably acknowledge the New Zealand government as, as being leaders in making decisions um, through, this, uh, through this pandemic. And yet we as a sport were making decisions before them. And we, we knew very early um, that sport was never gonna be the same again. And it won't be. And people need to understand that it won't be. It's changed, normality left the building three months ago, four months ago. So I think our, our, um, our step into that direction really quickly has put us in a position where, as I speak to you right now, uh, we've just enjoyed our second night um, of live basketball action um, with open doors and no limits on fans, which is just incredible. It's a very surreal position we find ourselves in. And not in a million years would you ever think that a country of less than 5 million people um, would be viewed right around the world uh, in a position of live sport and people craving it. But it's all about acceptance of change um, and then surrounding yourself as much as you can with the technology and the ideas and the innovations and the creativeness to make sure that that change delivers results. And we did that. What we did is we changed the way the game had been set up in the past. We changed the dynamics of the way we had done things. We threw normality out the window. We devised a player draft. We devised um, equalization of talent. Uh, And it led to a tsunami of media coverage, both in um, New Zealand and around the world. And it was that tsunami of media coverage around the world that led to people picking up the phone and asking about television coverage. Obviously the ESPN deal um, came as a result of that. So there is no doubt we find ourselves where we are today because we embraced change. We accepted the fact that the world had changed. And then we very quickly surrounded ourselves with people, technology, ideas, creativeness that we believed uh, would help us rebuild our product as quickly as we possibly could uh, to a level where our rebound, pardon the pun, was going to be exponentially stronger than had we sat on our hands and done nothing. You're you're reminding me, um, you know, there's 
we've we've spoken probably a lot so far about sort of mindset, change mindset, and and being open uh, to change. Um, necessity is the the mother of invention, right? So, I, Jonas, I I wanted to actually come back and and try and and, and think about technology, and how technology has driven change for the Swiss, how technology has aided. Uh, New Zealand NBL and for Tim, how technology that you uh, build sort of powers these leagues at, at the outset. So Jonas, when you think about your four years at Swiss basketball, innovative thinking, change mindset, beautiful, but then the practical application of technology, how have things changed for you over the last uh, three, four years? I think it's changed a lot. Uh, we started really from scratch uh, with everything outside of the federations. And uh, me and the team were able to get everything inside with the events, with the marketing and the communication. And being able to, to use technology to really maximize our actions and, and reduce, our resor- uh, reduce the, the resources needed was really a, a big change for us because uh, we are always a small team and we have to do a lot of different things. And using technology to improve and uh, develop services for everyone is, is really the key for us. In, if I take the, the Atrium project, it's, it's definitely one of, of them, uh, being able to put 20 cameras in 20 stadium uh, and giving access to video content for everyone was yes. really a big change, was really great numbers, improving from like more than 50% the number of games streamed yeah. was a big change for us. Uh, and now collaborating with uh, companies like WSC, we are able to, to provide and distribute contents to uh, thousands of, of people and, uh, and especially to all the players, the clubs, the media. Now, be, before we were uh, streaming manually every games and, and, and now we have media coming to us say, okay, can we use your content? Uh, could you distribute us the, 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 the highlights of the game, the, the, the personal highlights of players? Uh, and yeah, it, it definitely changed the, the, the position of Swiss basketball. And now uh, we feel that we have a bit of trends uh, in, in, the, in the sports world in Switzerland. And uh, it gives us a really good power to, to, to move forward and, uh, and expand and grow basketball in our country. I actually, I remember you saying to me that because of the technology and because of a, a, a smaller staff, you've been able to sort of redeploy people um, to, to grow the game, to grow the fan base um, because of um, technology and, and some of the things that you've been able to implement with the FIBA Connected Stadium? Yeah, we, we have different people working for us to, 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 to produce the games and, uh, and also coordinating all the, the production before and being able to use these people to be more connected and... Uh, and uh, and focus on communication and engaging with, with fans and with clubs and helping them developing services and create real a connection was, was def- definitely a game changer for us. Hey, the other thing it does, what, what, what technology has done is it set expectations at a different level. It set a precedent and set expectations at a different level. So any sport out there, whether it's a, a local competition, a national competition, uh, any sport uh, competition or league out there that isn't embracing technology, isn't 
looking at how technology, um, whether it's fixed camera solutions, um, whether it's commentary hubs, uh, whether it's streaming services, any sport out there that doesn't have those things or isn't currently looking at those things amongst a whole raft of new technology will be left behind. Make no mistake, you will be left behind because the precedence and the expectation of what fans now expect, what consumers and broadcasters and corporate partners now expect as a minimum, if you are not up to the level of what's been going on in the last couple of years and more so in the last six months, your business will be left behind. There is nothing more certain in the world of sport right now. Absolutely. And it's, it's, the, expectation. Sorry. it's the, the expectation, as you were saying, like people expect such yep. a high level of quality coming through. And I, I look at things and people moving to scale. Um, Jonas mentioned sort of increasing the number of live streamed games exponentially. I see people going in hard and trying to do a lot and thinking, well, we've got huge numbers now, so that's great. But actually, if you're doing a lot and your quality is dropping, is that a better outcome? And no, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> One of the things that's really interesting in sports tech now is uh, there are so many great point solutions. As Jonas just mentioned, WSC, and you can find great partners. But I think what part of the atrium philosophy and certainly what Fivestream are very successful in doing, <clears throat> excuse me, are, are um, uh, uh, partner integration and really sort of that, that sharing across the landscape of sport. Uh, Tim, I, I mentioned the dark arts before, some of the things that you do, but um, do you just want to run us through a few of the, the initiatives that, that you've run, some of the multi-camera switching, some of the cloud-based commentary and, and all of these things that, that will be of real interest to people watching uh, this session? Absolutely. So we've done a lot of deployments of our sort of remote production platform called CloudMix, uh, which allows people off-site to produce a stream. So switching multiple cameras from a web browser um, and then having that stream out and having remote commentary coming into those streams as well. And it can be a great way to streamline the production needs as well as scaling your total output. And most importantly of all, it's a way of having quality control over what you're doing. And a big thing we've seen is quite often streaming or you know that distribution, those dark arts can be really tricky. Um, but if you can have your people who really know what, what are going on, if they're all in the same place, they're back at base, they're in the office, they're in the control room, they can use some of these tools um, that are out there to watch a lot of games coming through, to see the streams happening, to make sure the right graphics are up, that things are looking good and that viewers are getting a good experience. Um, one of the worst things that can happen is if a viewer tells you that there's a problem and you didn't know about it first. It's so important to be on top of all of that. I was just going to ask if um, the, the return of sport, will things ever go back uh, to the way they were or, or now the way that we connect with each other online is, is so vastly different? Yeah, I mean, you saw me shaking my head. That's my answer. I mean, there's so many things I could say to that based on what I've learned in the last 10 to 12 weeks. I've got to tell you, in my professional life, I feel like as um, a leader and a manager and a, and a, a, a human being and as a colleague and, and I think as a creative 
innovator and communicator. I have um, uh, my skill sets. I believe personally my skill sets have doubled in the last 12 weeks just based on what I've been through and the acceptance that it'll never be the same again. Never. It's not going to be the same. I think it's going to be better is where yep. we're going to end. I think we'll, we will end up with a lot of what we had before once, you know, pandemic's done and dusted. Um, but at the same time, we're not going to lose these great advances we've had connecting with fans through technology. I think the other thing is that never in our wildest dreams did we ever think that there would be something that would literally stop the world and the world as we know it. Never. So the amount of things that we've learned and changed and adapted in the last three months, that will take us forward in the way that we do things, consume things, feel things, integrate with things, engage, communicate, operate, commercialize. It will change every single aspect of the way that we run a sports business forever. If anyone thinks that normality comes back, you're going to go out of business. I'm telling you, your business will sink. Yeah, and, and I think, um, you know, technology as the, as the driver um, is such an important part. Um, if you can believe it, we've been uh, talking for 31 minutes. Um, I must say the positive nature of this, you know, we talk about pandemics and being locked down and that sort of stuff. But I think when you have three sort of uh, visionaries, and I don't say that lightly, three guys that, that really look forward, um, the positive nature uh, of this conversation is uh, a breath of fresh air. Um, so if we, if we give you a, a platform for 15 seconds each or for a minute each, is, is there anything you want to leave us with uh, today? I'll go last because I'll need more than 15 seconds. So, <laughs> I'd just say that I think um, now is a great time to be bringing joy to people. A lot of people are going through tough times. People love sport. And so being in the sports business, we can be making a lot of people very, very happy and putting a lot of positivity out there. And I think that's really important to be doing right now. And to complete, I think it's uh, really important to embrace technology to, to improve the activities the, the, uh, and the way fans are uh, consuming sports today. We, this is our job to do it and to, to provide them the, the best support, the best content to them. And uh, as it was discussed before, the people are, have access to amount of information through social media and internet today. And they are super, super uh, um, um, yeah, critical about things and they can switch to another activity. So how to keep these people choosing basketball over esports or over football or over other, uh, any activities? it will be uh, definitely the role of technology and uh, to jump uh, fully on it to, <clears throat> to, to, be, to be ready for the future as well. Yeah. Well, coming into to the, the situation we've found ourselves in, I, I literally lived and breathed three philosophies. And I've got to tell you, those three philosophies not only got me through the last three months, but I, I think they've been 
reinforced even stronger because of what in our little world we've achieved in the last three months. And those three things are think big, don't think small. Anything you do, just think big. Because if you think big, and even if you get three quarters of the way there, it's so much bigger than thinking small in the first place. So think big. The second one is always have two feet on the bus. If you've ever got one foot on and one foot off, it's not worth doing and it's gonna fail. Have two feet on the bus at all times. And the third one is the most important one. Surround yourself with great people. Whether it's great technology, great innovation, great ideas, great creativity, or great people, surround yourself with greatness. And the reason for that is because it'll always make you look better. Yeah. Thanks, guys. And for me in technology, it is do the right thing by sport. Uh, you're in a, such an advantage if you love sport, but as, as a sports technology provider, you know, love the people that you hang around with. We are very, very fortunate. Uh, Justin, Jonas, Tim, thank you so much for your time. There you have it. That was a fantastic uh, discussion there at the role of automated production, the return of global basketball. Uh, thanks to our guests from Synergy Sports, Swiss Basketball, NBL New Zealand and Fivestream. Uh, some really interesting takeaways for organisations of all sizes, I think. Uh, obviously, fairly strong predictions of, of, of Justin there saying that uh, any sport that isn't embracing technology uh, is going the way of the dodo. So uh, I think that's certainly true and, and certainly in the fight to return from the COVID shutdown and, and when things are, are very lean for sports organisations, looking to technology as a way to find efficiencies is, is incredibly valuable. As always, you can find show notes at sportstechfeed.com and I've been your host, Thomas Loams. Looking forward to seeing you next week.